This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Hey, welcome to the show. And yeah, yeah, we are set to go. If you're part of the good listenership in Vancouver or Calgary or Edmonton, we welcome you aboard once again to the Employment Law Show, Lior Sanfiru, co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in this entire country. How about that? You can reach out anytime, by the way, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. And the website built just for you. It's free, it's anonymous, and wrapped up into it is the severance pay calculator. If you've had no experience with that particular tool over the last several years, you could do that for free. It'll tell you exactly what your severance should be. It's not what your neighbor says. It's not what you're offered from your ex-workplace. No, no. The, uh, the key, the secret is at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. So check that out at your uh, at your leisure. On the show today, lots of stuff to cover. Common mistakes that employers make and what they should be doing instead. So this is helpful today for both employers and employees. But first, uh, we always get to the week that was with Lior. And I remind you once again, the phone lines are ready to uh, go. They're open toll free 1-877-399-9898. So bring it on because we are ready to rock and roll. Lior, what, uh, what do you got cooking today, pal? Well, I am eager to answer questions, John. Mm-hmm. I, I like answering questions. We have plenty of stuff to talk about you and I about employment law, workplace rights. But it makes this show more interesting if you call in with your questions, your issues that you are dealing with in the workplace. And I know that things have been stressful recently for, for many of you with your job, with your job security, whether it's because of vaccinations or other reasons surrounding the pandemic. Well, if you have a question, an issue, a problem, anything at all that's bothering you or you're not sure what to do, what a great opportunity you have to pick up the phone, call the station right now, you'll get on the air, I'll answer your question, and you'll walk away with the information that you need. So take advantage of that. You know, it's not every day that you have that opportunity. But what you do have an opportunity to do every day is to connect with me off air. So if you want to have a private chat with me, you want to talk uh, off air about your situation and get some advice and maybe have a plan of action in place, not a problem. Throughout the show, stay tuned. We'll give you my phone number, my email address, uh, the website, anywhere you can go to so that you can get information and connect and have that chat. So don't be bashful. But right now, for the next uh, 45 minutes or so, we're here to answer your questions. Now, with that said, let's start uh, talking about a couple situations that, that came across my desk over the past week. I got a, a, a young guy call me. He was working at a restaurant, uh, and uh, at the restaurant, he started dating one of the other workers. So they were dating, you know, nothing, nothing too serious. Uh, you know, everything was fine, except at one point, uh, the, the girl broke up with him and started dating the manager. Uh, so after a while, all of a sudden, uh, this guy, the guy that called me, stopped getting scheduled. He was taken <sighs> off the schedule. And when he contacted the manager, the one that's dating the former girlfriend, uh, no answer, no response, nothing, just off the schedule. Uh, and, and that was, by the way, a couple of months ago now, and still no shifts. So he called me finally, and he wanted to know, you know what to make of all of this. So let's start with the obvious thing, and that is that if you're taken off the schedule, that is a termination of employment. Even if your employer doesn't say we've let you go, well, they have. 
the, the most basic thing your employer has to do is to give you work if you're an employee there. If they don't give you work, then that's a termination of your employment any way you slice it. And why is that important? Well, it's important because if it's a termination of your employment, you're owed severance. And this guy, you know, he wasn't a long service employee, but he still owed about three to four months pay. Not insignificant at all. So right off the bat, that's something to keep in mind. But there's a different issue here. If he was terminated because uh, of the whole girlfriend situation, the, the manager is now with the, with the girlfriend and that's why he was let go, arguably that could be a human rights violation. If he was hmm. let go because of who he had a relationship with or who he was sleeping with, that's a human rights violation. That's not legal. So beyond just the severance, there could be additional damages here. So I'm going to help him get this resolved. Uh, but a couple of reminders there, of course. You know, First of all, if your boss doesn't schedule you, takes you off the schedule, doesn't give you work, you're essentially been frozen out, that's a termination of employment. It doesn't matter what your boss intends, what they are saying, what they're not saying, it's a termination. And of course, if you're being let go because of your relationship status, yeah, that could be a human rights violation as well. So some uh, some important lessons and thoughts there, uh, John, for all employees. You know, it's interesting. I mean, this this situation is just, just a big bowl of wrong. It's it's the two employees are one thing, but to get the manager involved, all this whole triangle is, is another thing. But you know, the the the, the sidebar to this saying, where do you stand? Where's the legal ease as far as workplace romance? I mean, so it should be frowned upon generally, but where does it stand as far as relationships being allowed, getting fired, if that's the case, if you strike up a relationship with a, with a coworker? It is very tough for an employer to control who employees date. Okay. The only time an employer may be able to do something is number one, if it's a manager dating a subordinate, and number two, if there's a policy in place about that. So if an employer has a policy in writing in place saying managers are not allowed to date subordinates, and the the manager sees that and agrees to it, at that point, yeah, if the manager still goes ahead and dates a subordinate, yeah, there could be uh, disciplinary issues and, and and repercussions. But it's rare, it's tough, and you can't assume that uh, just because uh, you're dating someone in the workplace that that's wrong. In many cases, the law is going to stay away from people's individual relationships. Again, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight to call in now, have a conversation of uh, any matter you wish, and as far as your job is concerned, what's the, uh, what's the second thing you got to talk about, bud? So as you know, John, over the past I don't know, six months or so, uh, probably one of the hottest issues in employment law has been vaccination mandates and vaccination policies oh, yeah. oh, in the workplace. Well, uh, you know, the, the most common situation over the past six months I was getting was people that either were put on the leave or flat out let go because they were not vaccinated. And we talked about that and we talked about the fact that an employee in that situation is owed compensation. But recently, that that uh, thing has changed a bit. And recently, what I've been getting, especially the last week or so, is calls from individuals that are saying, I've been put on a leave, and now my employer is calling me back to work. Do I have to go back? A lot of employers now are realizing, oh, you know what, maybe it wasn't necessary to impose these mandatory vaccines policies. So they they had put employees on leave, and now they're recalling them back. So let, let me kind of address that. If you were put on a leave of absence, obviously you're called back to work. You can go back to work if that's what you want. Of course, you resume your employment and and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you don't want to, you may not have to. And the reason for that is 
given the fact that your employer just put you off work, no compensation, nothing, that actually is is a situation where it's going to be uncomfortable to go back, that the trust in the employer has been deteriorated. So you can say, in light of how I was treated, I don't have to go back. I, I don't trust you. I don't like you. I don't want to work with you anymore. And instead, you can actually pursue severance. So even if you're being called back to work now, you may not have to go back and you may still be owed severance. Now, before you tell your employer yes or no, before you pursue or think you're pursuing severance, we need to talk, right? Because every situation is going to be different. But I've spoken with more people than I expected over the past week that told me, I don't want to go back. I don't want to work with this employer. I'm still upset for how they treated me. So if that's the situation, you may not have to. Severance is still going to be owed. But again, let's talk first. You bet. And with that, we'll uh, give you the phone number once again. You still got some time, lots of time, actually, to call in with your matter, your questions. Don't be bashful. It's uh, toll free, one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let me get the first talking point in before we take our first break, Lior. And the subject today common mistakes that employers make and what they should be doing instead. Number one is this fire for cause or suspend employees because of their, oh, there's their vaccine status. There you go, even suspensions. That's a huge mistake, and it's a mistake that I've seen literally hundreds of times, hundreds of times over the past six months, employers suspending employees or putting them on a leave or letting them go for cause because of their vaccination status. Now, let's be very clear. There's good, good, good reasons why people should be vaccinated. Okay, absolutely. But that's not the question. The question is, can an employer legally just put someone off work or let them go without compensation because of their vaccine status? And the answer is, well, no, they can't. If your employer chooses to to uh, let you go, they owe you severance. If your employer puts you on a leave, you can treat that as a termination and, again, put sever- uh, p- pursue severance. And employers have not realized that, and they're incurring this huge liability. So that's a mistake employers make. What they should be doing instead is either paying severance, certainly deciding whether they actually need a mandatory vaccine policy. If they feel that they do, they have to pay severance or find ways to accommodate the employees, maybe have them work remotely, uh, maybe be flexible with respect to testing, etc. But to just let someone go or suspend them without compensation, yeah, that's illegal. That's a wrongful dismissal every time. And welcome back to an Employment Law Show. Indeed, the number to call in for the remainder of the hour. would love to talk to you, talk about your matters and things that are puzzling you about uh, your workplace rights. That's why we do the show here toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. Lior Samfiru, of course, co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land, helping thousands of Canadians get what they deserve. Starts with a phone call and listening to the show. That's as easy as it is. Ray, thanks so much for uh, standing by for a couple minutes. How are you? Uh, good and yourself. Beauty. What's uh, what's on your mind, sir? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I was uh, working for a company for ten and a half years, and I was laid off a month and a half ago, and I didn't get any severance pay from them. And plus, the whole time I worked there, I wasn't paid stat holidays. Now, Ray, were you part of a union? No. Okay. Uh, why were you laid off, or what reason was given to you? Uh, shortage of work. Okay, and was the idea, at least from your employer's perspective, that this is just a temporary situation and they'll call you back, or is this a permanent uh, situation? Um, they just run on uh, my uh, ROE. They're just uh, unknown if I'm coming back unknown. They didn't know that. Okay. So, so and you said you've been there for 10 years, right? 
Yeah, ten and a half years. Okay. So regardless of their intention as to whether this is temporary or not, this is a termination and gives you the right to treat it as a termination and get severance. And, and Ray, what kind of a job and how old are you? Uh, I'm 58, and I was an hourly painter. So you're looking at 12 months pay. That's what severance looks like for you. So you're owed mm-hmm. that severance. You mentioned statutory uh, holiday pay. You can go back two years on that to, to uh, recover any stat holiday pay that's owed to you. Uh, so this is as straightforward as it comes. If you were uh, laid off, no compensation after 10 and a half years, that's easy. That's a year's pay. So, Ray, what I want you to do is I want you to connect with me as soon as possible off air. Uh, we're going to give you that information in just a sec. Let's have a chat okay. and let me help you get that severance. This is a matter that should be done in, in, in a few weeks quickly to get that pay. Uh, there's no yeah. reason why you would not get that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate the uh, the time. And here is that number to reach out that you're going to call and uh, carry on. It is 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You want to reach out through email as well. And as we uh, get more phone calls here, again, the number you can call anytime, just like Ray did. That's how quick he gets some answers, right? It's really cool. Tool, uh, toll free, 1-877-399-9898. But uh, back to our topic of the uh, the daily or common mistakes that employers make and what they should be doing instead and uh, number two is another big one. The third one we're going to get to is really big, but number two is a fair size, and that is they don't properly investigate and then resolve workplace harassment issues. Well, workplace harassment is a big issue. Workplace yeah. harassment, unfortunately, is a common issue. Uh, honestly, one of the, the top three issues or more, most top three common issues that I've been dealing with uh, as an employment lawyer so an employer, when faced with a harassment issue or a harassment complaint, number one thing they have to do is take it seriously. Okay, they have to investigate and they have to do everything in their power to fix that problem, to make it go away. Sometimes that means providing better training about workplace conduct. Other times it may mean separating people that can't work together or it may mean disciplining someone that doesn't know how to behave properly in the workplace. So that has to be done. Unfortunately, a lot of employers don't do that. They say, well, you know what, let the boys figure it out. Uh, you know, it's, it's their issue. It's not my issue. Of course, that's wrong. It is your issue, not just morally or ethically. It's your issue legally. Okay, you have to do that. Uh, other employers don't know how to deal with that. Uh, other employers deal with it very poorly. So you have to have policies in place as an employer as to how to deal with workplace harassment. You have to have policies in place that encourage employees to bring up these harassment issues. So if you don't do that, you're going to be on the wrong side of the law. It's illegal. And unfortunately, John, I've seen it happen too, too many times. And again, reaching out to Lior anytime if, if you're in that uh, that case, one 821 5900 What if it's a case where the person or people you're supposed to report to are the ones doing the harassing? Then you're going to feel really stuck, right? Well, yeah, oftentimes it's, maybe it's the owner of the company harassing you. Who are you going right. to go talk to, right? There's no one to talk yeah. to. Well, in that situations, uh, t- uh, in situation, talking to someone is going to be a waste of time. So we have to deal with it externally. What that means is that's where I get involved. If you can't deal with it, let me deal with it. I can either uh, give them a kick in the pants or more likely get you out of there with compensation. 
Either way, an employee should never just suffer from workplace harassment. They shouldn't just accept it as just the way things are. There are absolutely things you can do about it. The law understands. The law provides protections. But you got to make the call. Third one on our topic today, common mistakes that employers make and what they should be doing. This one is huge, especially, Leo, in the last two years, and that is put employees on a temporary layoff. Huge, massive. Uh, honestly, John, over the past two years, I, I have never seen so many layoffs, temporary layoffs happen as, as I have during that period of time. And listen, for, for good and obvious reasons, many employers were struggling or, or had to cut back costs because of the pandemic. All of that makes a lot of sense. But the fact that every employer is doing that and for good reason does not mean that it is legal. It's not. Okay. It's a common mistake that employers make is put people on a temporary layoff assuming that they have a right to do so. In most cases, you don't have a right. If you put someone on a temporary layoff, that employee can treat that as a termination and get severance, even though that's not what the employer intended. The employer did not mean to let them go. The employer just wanted to put them off work for a while. Regardless, the employee can choose to treat that as a termination and get severance. Uh, that's happened thousands of times over the past couple of years, and it's a mistake employers make. You can do something about that. In an employment agreement, you can have a term that allows you to lay someone off temporarily. Uh, there's other things you can do, but to just put someone on a temporary layoff, assuming that you can, wrong. Yeah. Let's take a quick call. But uh, I got a couple minutes before we break. In that regard, we'll get to uh, Alan. Hi, Alan. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Hello, I- I'm good. Thanks. Good. Go yeah, ahead. I was just wondering why uh, employment lawyers don't uh, won't won't take on a case when when they're involved where there's a company and a union involved. Okay, so it's not because the employer, employment lawyers won't take a case. It's the law says the only one that's allowed to help a unionized employee is the union. It's the law has been the same for 150 years. So the only one that's allowed to help a unionized employee is the union. You can't hire a lawyer. You can't uh, decide to deal with it yourself. It has to be the union. And you may say, well, the union's not doing a good job or the union is not helping. Well, regardless of that, the union is the one that has the contract with the employer, not the employee. So the employee really doesn't have rights. The union has rights. Uh, that's the problem with being part of a union. So yes, my, someone like myself can never help a unionized employee. It has to be the union. Well, they... <laughs> So we had a clause in our contract uh, stating that if the plant should close, we'd be entitled to 16 weeks severance. And sometime over the last couple contracts, it got, it it, somehow it it didn't end up in our last contract. Uh. So it was either a clerical error on the union's behalf, like we certainly didn't vote to take that clause out. And... Yeah, so the, our office staff they, they were they were offered three or four weeks, uh, three or four weeks severance per year's salary, and we got after twenty two other guys had been there for twenty one years, got absolutely zero because somebody made a mistake. And that Alan, let, let, let me let me kind of stop you there because we have to go to a break. But I can tell you that unfortunately, if the union says there's nothing you can do about it, there's nothing you can do about it. That's the problem with being unionized in a non-union environment. You could be owed as much as two years' pay, but that's the problem with being part of a union. 
And we are back indeed. Good to have you along for the show. you still got plenty of time to call in and ask your questions for the remainder of the show this afternoon. Toll free, one 399 9898 help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website you can use anytime. It's free. It's anonymous. Also contains the severance pay calculator, which is free, which is anonymous. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is how you do that. We are talking about common mistakes that employers make and what they should be doing instead. So again, this is great for both employers and employees that listen to the show on a regular basis. And if you have any questions as we motor along here, feel free to pick up a phone and, uh, and give us a call. This one, huge. Employers don't properly use employment agreements or don't have employees sign agreements on time. How about that one? So let's take a, a quick step back here so that uh, yep. context uh, is important here. Uh, so an employment agreement, very, very important document, okay? And uh, one of the most important documents that an employee will ever sign. Well, for the employee, it's actually very good not to have an employment agreement. So I said it's important. You're better off not to have it. You're better off to start that new job with a handshake and a pat on the shoulder. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you go grab a coffee and you write something down on the pad of, uh, back of a napkin that you both sign it. That is much, much better than to have a 10-page employment agreement. And the reason for that is an employment agreement usually would take away some rights that you would otherwise have and either eliminate that or give them to the employer. You have all these rights, but you also have the ability to give away those rights. And that's what an employment agreement often does. Now, let's look at it from a different perspective. From the employer's perspective, they want that 10-page employment agreement. They want to have as many terms as possible that give them power and flexibility and, and essentially the ability to do whatever they want. So for an employer, very, very important. Now, where the mistakes happen for employers is that they don't do a good job drafting it. They're sloppy. They find something on Google and they print it out and they think that's good enough. Or they have the same employment agreement that they've been using for 20 years and they think that's still going to be good enough and up to date. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, another thing employers, a mistake employers make is they have existing employees and they just have them sign a new employment agreement. If an employer wants an existing employee to sign a new employment agreement, they have to give them something in return, some value. We call this consideration. That could be a uh, pay increase, uh, promotions, uh, signing bonus, something in return. And if they don't bother doing that, that agreement is likely not enforceable. But remember, for you employees out there, you don't want to have to sign a new employment agreement. If you're already working and your boss wants you to sign a new employment agreement, be very concerned about it. It's not good news and it's not a good idea to sign it. It's probably uh, There's probably going to be a lot of terms in there that are problematic. They're going to cost you money down the road, reducing your severance, giving the company the ability to change your pay and hours of work, uh, and many other things. So if you're ever presented with that employment agreement, you're not sure what to do, send me a copy. Let me take a look at it. Let me tell you what it means so that you can know what you're being asked to sign. You know, it's interesting. You brought up the point of, uh, you know, employers, you know, sliding a new employment agreement to, to current employees, you know, mid-employment. You must have been seeing that or at least starting seeing that ramping up with people possibly going back to work under new arrangements because of COVID-19. People, they must be doing it in countless times, no? And then oh, are, are they all making mistakes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, first of all, I've said that, that you should be careful what you sign. Here's mm-hmm. the Here's where the mistakes come in. Oftentimes, employees sign, despite what I said, they don't know any better. 
but we can actually get around that, get out of it, because the employer did the, a, a poor job in, in drafting it. They were sloppy. Uh, and for various reasons, we can get around that employment agreement. So that's a mistake employers make. But regardless, for an employee, don't ever sign an employment agreement thinking that down the road you'll just be able to get around it if you don't like it anymore. It's not a good way to do it. It's not a, a smart way to go about things. So generally, the rule I'm going to suggest to an employee is if you sign it, you have to be prepared to live with it. Uh, again, if you're not prepared to live with it or you're not sure, let me see it. Yeah, you've often said, I mean, 99 times out of 100, if a new employment agreement's tossed at you by your employer, it's totally for their benefit. Totally, because they've either talked to somebody, they listened to this show, they've done something else, thought, okay, i got to get on this because I'm potentially in some deep water here, so I'll just draft up a new employment agreement, have uh, you know Jim or Sam or Sally sign this tomorrow, and yeah, we're good to go. And I've advised employers myself many times, have employees sign new employment agreements. So every time your employer presents you with one, it's not mm-hmm. because it's good for you. It's not. You're better off not having any employment agreement. I can assure you, you may look, oh, salary's the same or you know, bonus is yep. the same, so I'm fine. No. Look at other things. Is there things there about your severance, future severance? Is there things there that give the company the power to lay you off temporarily, to change your job? Look at those things because it's not, you know, going to be worth, uh, you know, that that fifty cent pay increase that you're getting if you're losing fifty thousand dollars in severance. One eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. It is toll free to call in and talk to us. Hi, Bob. How are you? Very good, thank you. Good. What's up? Okay, I just wondered. I've got a question. Uh, I basically have been working for a firm for uh, two and a half years. Uh, I'm uh, uh, 64 years old, and uh, what happened was uh, the company moved me to another uh, location within the city, uh, and there was a lot more driving, so it's it's sort of stressed me out, and I've had some health conditions. So what's happened was, uh, what's happening now, I ended up, uh, my doctors ordered me to work four days a week uh, from five, uh, which is which is fine, but now some months later they want to uh, basically terminate me. They want to uh, let me go. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm not getting enough sales, and the, the hours are not. You know, it's not working out. So um, I just wanted to know, you know, what do I do in that situation? Like, uh, they're not offering me a lot, so I, I think it's a very low settlement or uh, severance package. What what are they offering you, Bob? They are offering me uh, basically uh, six weeks, six weeks of severance. Okay. Uh, uh, so, oh, yeah. so that number, Bob, should be six months, not six weeks. Okay. So uh, there's the problem right there. But and, and, and there's another issue here, though. If the reason why you're you're you're, you're struggling a bit with your sales is because of your uh, medical issues. Uh, they have to accommodate that and they have to work with you and they can't just say, well, too bad, we're going to just let you go. So that could be a human rights violation as well. So beyond just the severance, which you're owed six months, not six weeks, there's potential additional damages you're owed because of this whole issue with your medical condition. So at a minimum, we have a wrongful dismissal. Potentially, we have a wrongful dismissal and a human rights violation. 
So, Bob, I want you to connect with me as soon as possible off air. Let me get this resolved. The difference between six weeks and six months is massive, obviously. So let's get to work and let's get you what you're owed. Sounds great. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate uh, your time calling in as well. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to call this number, one 855 to get a hold of Lior and his team and get that uh, taken care of for you. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Interesting call with Bob because, again, this would all be backed up, as you mentioned, accommodation with his medical team. And then it's ironclad, right? Yeah, absolutely. If he has a doctor's note saying he needs this accommodation you yep. know, to work four days or to have a, a modified duties, his employer has to find a way to make it happen, okay? It's not, it's not maybe, it's not if they want to or feel like it, they have to do it. And what also flows from that is that they have to understand that if someone is struggling with a medical condition, they may not be operating at peak efficiency, so they have to find a way to accommodate. And, and if he if they feel that he can't do the job right now, then let him go off on a medical leave instead of letting him go. So either way, this employer is doing it illegally. And of course, not to mention when someone is owed six months severance and he's offered six weeks. So, you know, that employer is clearly uh, either not aware of its legal obligations or maybe yeah. doesn't care. We'll, re- we'll resolve it, though. You bet. We're back at it. you got lots of time. Again, toll-free, as was just mentioned, one 9898 help at employmentlawyer.ca. In between that, we'll get to a few more of our talking points about common mistakes that employers make and what they really should be doing instead. Next one down the line, we love this. It's one of the oldest rules and an important one. Do not mess with mama. How about that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I, I give you full credit, John. You're the one that coined the phrase That's right. uh, some years ago. And, and what we're referring to here, of course, is uh, y- you don't mess. You don't do anything with someone that's taking a, a maternity leave, a parental leave. You don't let them go. You don't demote them. You don't suspend them. And you don't refuse to bring them back. And, by, and you know, to be completely fair, yes, this is this should be a, you don't mess with mama or papa because the same thing applies to a father taking parental leave. Uh, there's no difference here. So let's be very clear. If you are planning on taking a parental leave, mother or father, your job is protected. That means that uh, if, even though your employer may not be happy that you're taking 18 months off, you can uh, even though your boss is, uh, uh, wants to hire someone to replace you, well, they still have to bring you back. So your employer can't do anything to you. And anything short of what I just said is potentially human rights violation, a violation of employment standards, uh, wrongful dismissal, you name it. Illegal, not right, not right and something that could be very, very costly for the employer. So even if the employer uh, has an employee that maybe they like better, Instead of the the parent that's off on uh, parental leave, it doesn't matter. Okay, they have to move that better employee to another position and make sure that they bring back the employee from parental leave. Now, the only exception is a situation where the job just doesn't exist. Maybe the whole department shut down and there's no no jobs. Sure, fine. In that case, that's okay. But severance, of course, still has to be paid. So remember that, and employers, it's it's a very simple rule. Okay. You simply let the employee take off the time for parental leave and you bring them back. I don't know if it could be any clearer than that. I still don't understand why so many employers struggle with this, get this wrong, and eventually have to pay because of it. 
You know, it's interesting. We've talked about this before. Is it different? Is there a differentiation between someone who's off on a parental leave coming back versus someone who's off on a disability leave that comes back? Now, you said the parental leave, they got to come back to the same job, same pay, where they left off, pick it up and keep rolling. Is it the same with a, uh, a disability leave or do they just have to take them back in some sort of position and try to get them working again? So it's not the same. So with the parental yeah. leave, your job is protected, okay? Whatever the employer wants, doesn't want, they have to take you back. Uh, no, no exceptions, really. With a disability leave, it's different. Your job is not necessarily protected. Your employment status is protected and that you're not losing your job just because you're off on a, on a disability leave. And what happens with a disability leave is your employer has to make efforts to bring you back to the same position or a similar one but if it doesn't exist anymore or, or if they have hired someone else in the meantime uh, and there's no other job, at that point, they can let you go with severance. So it's not this, quite the same level of protection uh, with a disability leave. But if you're about to come back from a disability leave and your employer is not uh, interested in bringing you back, not trying, not communicating with you or responding, you better believe that's illegal. Mm-hmm. There's going to be consequences for that as well. So definitely a good idea to get some advice if you ever find yourself in that situation. Still a few minutes to go, which means you got some time to call toll-free, 1-877-399-9898. For the remaining minutes we got, we're talking about mistakes that employers happen to do uh, quite frequently and they should know better. This one, again, is a big one. This could be really costly as well, and that is they don't take the time to figure out how much severance they actually owe a soon-to-be ex-employee. So we talk, I talked before when we talked about temporary layoffs or, or uh, I think it was about harassment. I said the top yep. three issues. Well, this is the number one. But, and there's not even anything close to it. You know, number one is there. Number two is way, way behind. So the biggest issue from an employment law standpoint or the biggest mistake that employers make is they don't understand and they don't pay proper severance. Okay, 90%, of people, when they are let go, regardless of the reason, are offered a lot less severance than what they're owed. We had Bob earlier call. He was offered six weeks. He was owed six months. Yep. There's nothing unusual about that. That's one of the most common calls that I get in the office. I probably get 50 of those a day in the office. So that is a very common thing, and I think there's two reasons. Either employers don't know any better and they think that they owe six weeks when, when in fact they owe six months, or I'm sorry to say some employers may know better, but they hope that the employee doesn't know better and they yeah. can get away with it. And you know what, John? They often do. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Bob earlier called and, and he heard the show and so he knows better, so I'm going to help him get his severance. But do you know how many people in Bob's situation would think that after two and a half years of employment, six weeks of severance is appropriate? Uh, and they'll accept it when, in fact, six months is what he's owed. Uh, happens all the time, all the time. So employers make that mistake, uh, and you know they really should know better. And what should employees and employers do to find out how much severance is actually owed? You mentioned that at the top of the show, John. I'll mention it now. Just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Again, it's pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have our severance calculator tool there. It allows you to find out in seconds how much severance you're owed, whether it's two months, six months, 24 months, or anything else. It's free. It's anonymous. It takes no time at all. So check it out. Even if you're just curious, you haven't lost your job, but you're just curious, 
do that yeah. right now, you'll be surprised at the num the number and the amount that you're owed. See if we get uh, Holly's phone call in here. We got time to uh, to take Holly. Uh, Holly, how are you? Oh, we got Holly. There yeah, she I'm is. Good. Hi, there I'm you are. Fine. What's yeah. good? How are you? What's uh, what's your concern? So my question is, um, I've been told that um, I uh, okay, I I left the job, or I'm speaking for somebody. They left the job, and. Um, there was no opportunity for them to go to EI because the, during the time, and it was during the pandemic, they were not deducted any EI. I don't even think that's right. But the explanation I got was they're casual laborers. And when you're casual labor, you don't have to pay into EI. Is that right? And, and the pandemic lasted 24 months. So technically, an employee would not qualify for EI if they weren't paying into EI. And it's a near 24 months into a job, like something wrong with this picture, but maybe you could set me straight and say, no, there's nothing wrong with it. Holly, I'm not going to set you straight because you're absolutely right. If you're an employee and you're working, your pay has to be, uh, a portion has to be paid into EI. It's not an option. It's not permissible. It's the law. So it's impossible to work regardless of the title or the job without paying into EI. Every single job, every single employee has to, their employer has to pay into EI and the employee pays into EI. So if that employer did not do that, then they broke the law. There's consequences uh, for that and, uh, and that employee uh, could pursue damages. So uh, Holly, I know you're calling for a friend or, or someone else. Have them call me at the office, okay, as soon as possible, uh, and I'll help them do that. But you're absolutely right, uh, Holly. Your your instincts here were completely correct. It's illegal. All right. No, I I definitely I will get him to call you. Excellent, Holly. Appreciate that. You've done well, and that's a good phone call you just made for uh, for your friend. Indeed. Let's see if we get to one more uh, quick email here in the last uh, minute of the show, Lior, and that's going to come from Chuck. Says, I've been trying to return back to work from a disability leave over the past month. I'm not getting any response from my employer. Now what do I do? It's exactly what we were talking about earlier. Your employer has to make efforts to take you back. They have to respond and work with you about returning back to work. And if they don't, that's illegal. So, Chuck, if your employer is ignoring you, guess what? They're not going to ignore me. So if your goal is to go back to work, an, an email from me, frankly, gets it resolved. Or you can say, you know what? I don't want to go back how they treated me. I can get you out of there with severance. Either way, what they're doing is illegal, Chuck. So you and I should speak as soon as possible. Chuck, nicely done. Appreciate you uh, reaching out. If you didn't get your email read on the show uh, this afternoon, that's okay. They're still there. Lior and his team will get to them now that we are pretty much wrapping up for the day. You want to reach out? Really easy. Here's how you do it. one 821 5900 That is the number. The email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We just read from it there. And as Lior mentioned moments ago, a free website, anonymous for you, full of knowledge, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And take the severance pay calculator for a spin as well. Thanks for joining the show and calling in and we'll catch you next time the employment law show the proceeding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of cknw